I am hot, so yeah, it's warm. Believe no, it. No, 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 hot. Yeah, you, with a you got you got that right, baby. <laughs> yeah. Save the banter, guys. Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> that's right. We can't be funny now. We got to be funny in a minute. Save All right, here we go. We're gonna. Welcome back to the Backstairs Podcast. Hi. Uh, we're Hello. your hosts. Uh, I'm Aaron. I'm, I'm Scott. John. Oh, no. I'm, I'm John. No. I'm Scott. Okay. I'm John. <laughs> yes, you are John. Um, and uh, we're really excited just to be back in this room recording uh, an episode. And yeah. We're coming off a high of uh, the art festival. Um, what a great time. That the was. live recording that was live recorded. It was the, live the, recorded. In quotations, live recorded. Um, <laughs> technically, this is being live recorded also. It's true. So why do you make a big deal about it then? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm alive. Are you alive? I am alive. All right. And uh, I, yeah, if you saw us at the Norway Music and Arts Festival, then uh, be sure to leave a comment or something. Maybe a... You know, tell us what you thought. We had fun. We had a blast. We had so many guests and quick little intros, and it was it was fun. So good time was had by all. Yeah, I think that's something we don't mention enough. Is uh, leave a leave a comment. Tell us tell us what you think. Because tell us which one of us is the handsomest. I think that would be a good place you, to start. If you had to ju- judge by like the the sound of our voice, which ones looks better? Right. Who has the silky smooth dulcet tones? And which one of you have a slight lisp because you should have got braces in fifth grade? And and me. (laughs) I don't know. Um, So uh, I would like to. I think we should just jump right in and introduce our our guest. Wow, that quick. That That quick. That is awfully quick. I, I mean, we little. I'm I'm just really excited to to, to talk to our yeah, guests. but it our, is our listeners are used they're used to they've grown accustomed to a certain layout. Okay, um, that and is you've true. Ruined it. Can you guide us in five minutes of playful banter, please? Oh man, maybe maybe they don't like it. All right, leave a comment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. We're, we're gonna put He's out a survey. A it's like, how do you like the structure of our show? Do you agree with it? Do you disagree with it? Do you strongly disagree with it? I think. I have something, to, I have something you, to talk about. All right, let's do that. Oh, all right. Okay. So I have always had this memory of going across the lake on a pontoon boat with no sides and having lunch. And there was a big rock that I went into. And then I left the rock and went back across the lake on a pontoon boat with no sides. And I know that sounds crazy, but I've always asked my parents because I have a really good memory. I've asked my parents a hundred times, give me some type of context on why I have a memory of going across the lake on a pontoon boat with no sides, going into a big rock and then coming back out. Haven't remembered. Well, my parents gave me like my baby book with all the stuff in it. And there was a button in the in the book with a picture on it of the rock that I went into and come to find out on a in a field trip in like 1998 
before the millennium, they did like a, um, we did like a time capsule and the whole down East Maine, you know, Washington County, all the elementary schools went and put stuff in a time capsule. Well, I looked it up online and it's like this defunct website about this time capsule that they're going to open up in 500 years. And that's been the memory all along of so, going into a big rock and going, I don't know, it's in the middle of a lake. So I had to go across the lake on a pontoon boat, apparently. So a an eight-year-old John Potter. Probably younger than that, I think. No, no, no eight-year-old. Yeah, eight, nine. Yeah. You got onto a pontoon, pontoon boat. Yes. With no sides. And it was like... So I'm, I'm just like... They had replaced... It was literally so, just a platform. So... So what's the moral of the story? The moral of the story is I finally connected the dots. Like I had a memory and I know what the memory is associated with now. After years of therapy, he is <laughs> well able to figure out. There's been money for therapy, but it's been turned into vitamin B, I'm sure. <laughs> my, my parents have relocated those funds. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, so anyway, uh, that's my we, story. Should we introduce uh, our guest? No question. Now. Question though: Do you have memories? Do you have any? Come on. I have plenty of memories. <laughs> <laughs> do you have anything I, you need to work out? Because I'm no, really good at it now. Bro. No, I think uh, I think we're gonna be chewing on that one. Would you like for to see my button? <laughs> do, do you have yes, a button? Yes, with you? you're gonna have to bring I, I a don't, button. I don't. Oh, okay. I can show you at a later date. Okay. Yes. I don't we'll, know. I feel we'll like that's exciting though to have a memory that you can't associate it, and now I connected the dots. That is, and in 500 years, someone's going to read my letter. A, is a nine year, eight year old John? Is it really 500 years? <laughs> That's ridiculous. That's... <laughs> and the website hasn't been updated since 2001. Yeah, no, we're totally going to forget about that. The society. <laughs> yeah. It's in the middle of a lake Absolutely. in Downey's, Maine. Isn't it? Just forget about it. The the lake bed's going <laughs> to dry <you>? up. <laughs> yeah. 500 and years from now, they're going to say, what the hell is this crap? Why is there a big rock? Throw it up. Hold on. I bet this guy went across the lake on a pontoon boat with no sides. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Anyway, Aaron, we have a guest today? Yes, we do. All right. Uh, tell us somebody, about Does somebody want to introduce? I've, I always introduce. Does somebody want to introduce? But you're so good at it. No, you oh. are good at introductions. No, I say you're... the same three things like over and over again. Is she beautiful? <laughs> is she talented? Is she beautifully talented? <laughs> this is, I think that was a great intro. There it is. We have the beautifully, the beautifully talented, talented Adrian Cody. <laughs> awesome. She is here with us. Thank you. Hey, Aaron hit the right button. I know. It's the first we time. We should notice that. I almost could, hit the wrong button. Could you get on the purpose? applause just because you hit the applause button? Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Anyway, so welcome, Adrian. Yes, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for the lovely introduction. I'm happy to be here. Yeah. Do you, do you think that's a good, you know, uh, is that a good wrap up of who you are, beautifully talented? Gosh, I I hope it. I hope it is. <laughs> I would aspire to beautifully talented. Beautiful. <laughs> I, what it. talent? I my my first question is, what do you think of John's tom, uh, pontoon boat memory story that he said? I don't know. I think I had a stroke and didn't quite follow. <laughs> Sorry, John. Love you. We we all did. Don't worry. We all did. <laughs> just wait in 500 years. Just wait. <laughs> just wait. I'm waiting. Mm-hmm. No, no. We're really excited that you're here with us. Um, and for the audience that has that doesn't know you, mm-hmm. why don't you just tell us a little bit about who you are? Sure. Um, I am. I live right here in Paris, Maine. I have. Um, I have 
lived here full time for about eight years. Okay. I'm, I grew up outside Boston and I've lived a lot of places. And um, about 20 years ago, I bought a second home in Waterford. I just fell in love with this part of um, Maine. So this yeah. is now where I live and I'm sort of a little bit retired, whatever that means. I don't, okay. I don't know exactly, but I had a bookstore here in town, which I sold a few months ago. Um, I own half of another uh, business in town and I'm uh, also doing a part-time job and I'm doing a little gig with Janelle over the weekend and just a, bu a busy person. But um, anyway, I grew up outside of Boston um, from a big family and that's me. Yeah, that's great. Pretty simple. Mm -hmm. So what, what brought you to the air? Like you, so you just like, just were traveling here or vacationing here or? Um, well, at the, at the time that I discovered um, Western Maine, I was living in on the West Coast and I was very oh. homesick for New England. I, okay. um, I, I totally get that. Yeah. I was really homesick for it. And so I was um, dating a fellow at the time and he and I were vacationing around here and sort of uncovered this beautiful part of Western Maine. And I ended up buying a house here. So that I could come back and forth and, you know, live on the West Coast, but have my time in New England. Yeah. And, um, and uh, then, you know, that broke up, which fine, whatever. <laughs> but um, uh, anyway, I kept the house in Waterford for a long time. And um, it turned out to just be a little bit too rural over there for me. So I bought, I bought a house here in Paris and that's yeah. how I got here. And, and um, eventually I sold the other real estate and decided I could live here full time. And I just, I love it. Yeah. What yeah. part of the West coast? I was living in Portland, Oregon at the okay. time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. How is Portland as crazy as they say? Well, when I was there, it was 20, 20 years ago and it, oh, okay. it was crazy in an excellent way. Okay. You know, now I think it's, um, having a lot of difficulty with, uh, homeless population, all kinds of, um, t tough things for any city like that. But when I was there, it was funky and creative. And so 20 years ago would be uh, alternative rock, yes. grunge rock. Yes. That, uh, oh, yeah. It was great. And yeah. It, yeah, was, yeah, it was terrific. That was like the Beatles time for me. Yeah. Because I was just missed the Beatles. But mm -hmm. uh, when the alternative scene with Nirvana and Pearl yes. Jam hit, it yeah. was, wow, that was, that was something. Yeah. So Portland was really fun and right. funky back then cool and very outdoorsy you know it's a beautiful city it's, oh yeah i'm glad i had a chance to live there yeah so you went from portland to almost portland almost <laughs> yeah it, it, in a circuitous way but that's how i got here right for sure sure and it feels right to be in new england i just feel like a new englander and i'm happy here yeah Mm -hmm. Um, so why don't you just tell us a little bit about your, your, um, your theater? Sure. Um, how about like, what was like some of you, like your, your highlights and your, or what, why you got into theater to begin with? Why? What, yeah. What was yeah. that? Well, I'll, I'll tell you that story. Cause it is, I, I, you know, m many of the folks that you've interviewed have a similar kind of wacky story, how they got to theater and the way. The way I got there was, I was mentioning to you before we started taping that my big family mo moved to a suburb of Boston, and there was a Catholic, a brand new Catholic school that had been built in the town. And okay. at that time, I was um, eight, and one of the nuns 
called up my parents mm -hmm. and said, we are doing a production of Music Man. We need a bunch of kids to be in the show. Could you just like round up some neighborhood kids and mop? <laughs> and that was what you did back then. So my mother loaded up the station wagon and drove us up to the school and we were all <laughs> in a Music Man. And I remembered even then, you know, being on stage and being so mystified by the the darkness at the that in that the audience was in and yeah. the the creativity and the the I don't know it was just an amazing magical moment for me so so that you know that was when I was eight and then by the time I got to high school there myself I was able to audition for shows and started started yeah. you know getting figuring it out a little bit cool yeah so what what uh, what kind of shows were you in. Um, well, I was in The Sound of Music. Yeah. I was in um, a production of Charlie's Aunt. I was in a production of, um, now I'm spa spacing out on what what else I did in high, oh, um, the one with early, Oklahoma, <laughs> Oklahoma, <laughs> right? Yeah. And um and I think those are my three, you know, sophomore, junior, senior year yeah. of high school. I think that's that's what I did in high school. Cool. Yeah, it was very cool. Yeah. Oklahoma, uh, the in Otisfield, mm -hmm. there was like a, a town, like, I don't know, it was like a, uh, this is like a night of just like. A variety the, show? Yes. Thank oh. you. Thank you. A variety <laughs> show. Uh -huh. um, and we had some people rewrite. Uh, Oklahoma, where the wind they did Otis Otisfield, where the and awesome it was, it was like it was chock full of like all these like little like Otisfield, like little references and stuff cool. like that. It was, it was a lot of fun. I love the show, I I will yeah. always go see it. I just think it's you know, it's one, it's held up as one of the most well written American musicals of all time, I think. Yeah. Correct, yeah, it's yeah. beautiful, of course, mm -hmm. absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I've actually. I, I've listened to it, mm -hmm. but I've actually never seen Oklahoma. You got to see it. It's I know. awesome. There's nobody around here is doing any Oklahomas. What it's amazing. The classics these days, they and, were the cutting edge. And most recently, yeah. too, I think, I think, I can't remember who led it. I can't remember what it was, but uh, we, we were talking this week about, you know, shows standing the test of time. And that is definitely one of those shows mm -hmm. where, like, even the newer, it's just, it's amazing. It yeah, really it's a is. beautiful show. Like Music Man back on Broadway now. Yeah. And it's yeah. Oh, yeah, with Hugh Jackman. Oh my gosh. I know, so, right? so exciting. Holy cow. Yeah. Mm. It's a great show. I've played several roles in that show over my life. Yeah. So, yeah. Cool. Mm -hmm. um, so, you started off in high school doing some, mm -hmm. some show or younger. Um, mm -hmm. Then you... So then after... College, I started working at a real job and I started doing community theater basically. Yeah. And like we, like we all do and how much do we love community theater? And I, I found it to be a great, um, proving ground to figure out what it was, mm -hmm. right. What, it, what it was like now I was an adult and you know, who, who was I as an actor and what was it like? And, and I did a lot of theater probably through my 20s in uh, uh, around Boston. And I got a few um, professional gigs during that time, but it was mostly community theater. There was, there was a wonderful theater there 
called um, the Turtle Lane Playhouse, which was outside of Boston. It's gone now, but it was a non-equity professional theater. And so they were cool. paying paying us, you know, it wasn't cool. a lot yeah. of money, but it was it was a step up because you were getting a paycheck and there what you know there was a a little different uh, level of personal investment yeah. when that when that happens and um it, that was a thrill to get those you know jobs and feel like yeah i'm just kind of stepping up a little bit and so i did that i did a lot of shows there it was a great experience and then i um it, then i got a little bit burnt out mm. and so so, it, and if I'm going on too long, just no. like, give me the, no. boring, no. but okay. Keep going, please. So sure. So, so I did that, um, until I was probably in my young thirties and I, I got kind of burnt out. I was having anxiety about auditioning. I was never a good auditioner. I was, hmm. I, I felt like people sometimes would give me a job because they knew me and they knew I could deliver on stage, but I wasn't necessarily the best person in the audition room. So, um, so I just took a break and I worked professionally in marketing and merchandising and, um, and not just that, but for quite a few really big companies. Yes, it's true. And I, I, you know, accidentally ended up with a very specific expertise in a, in kind of a weird little niche of the big companies. So it was, it was great. I, I had a wonderful professional business career during that time that was very um fulfilling to me and exciting and creative and interesting and um and i and i was proud of that also yeah and then um then what happened was and and this is this is something i think that's important for everybody who's a performer to think about but um i was i was now about 40 and um a friend of mine saw a an audition notice in the newspaper so I'm 40, and the audition notice said, looking for a comic actress in your 40s with a Catholic background. <laughs> okay, but there was one more thing, who, who has ad-lib experience. So I had three. I didn't have any ad-lib experience, but um, this friend of mine said, I, and I'm in Portland now, this friend of mine said, Adrian, you got to go to this audition. I'm like... I don't know. Maybe I'll go. So every every actress in Portland was at the audition. Yeah. Everybody who was between the ages of four and four hundred was at the audition <laughs> for the forty year old actress. And <laughs> um, and what what it what it what it was a play called Late Night Catechism. And what they did was it was opening it was opening the night of the auditions. So they had the auditions during the day, like from nine in the morning until two and the show was opening that night. So every person who came to the audition, oh gosh. they gave you a ticket and said, would you come to the show tonight? We just want some butts in the seats so you can see the show. So I said, sure. So I got two tickets and I, I went, I went in and did my audition and um, I knew that I nailed the Catholic stuff because the doctrine was deep in and I was able to dredge it out <laughs> um, <laughs> And I made them laugh in the audition room during part of the ad lib stuff. So I thought, oh, I, you know, that was pretty good. Yeah. So I go to the show and I'm sitting in the seat and um, the woman who was playing the nun was also the playwright. And she had been in my audition. I didn't know that she was a playwright, but so the show starts happening. And I, I don't know if any of you have ever seen it, but it's, 
hilariously funny. It's the premise is that she's a Catholic nun teaching a catechism class, and you're the class. So there's a lot of ad lib and crazy jokes and stuff. And so I was sitting in the audience thinking to myself, what a jerk I am to even think that I could do that part. What an idiot. I was embarrassed that I had gone to the audition, sort of, because she was so brilliant and the show was so well-crafted and I thought, it, you know, it's way over my head, whatever. So at intermission, the producers come over to me and say, oh, Adrian, we're so glad you're here. Would you stick around after the show? We want to talk to you. And I said, sure. Hmm. And I went, holy cow, they're going to they're gonna offer me the job. I was, I was terrified. So the show ends. Sure enough, they say, we want you to take this job. They, so the, the way it was working was the playwright was opening the show, but they were replacing her for a long sit down in this um, theater. And they offered me the job after yeah. the show. And I, I said, I, I said, no, I, I was like, I can't, I can't do this show. And they were like, yeah, you can. I said, I, I, I'm telling you, I can't do it. They're like, no, we really, really think you can. And so we figured it out. And I, I ended up doing over a thousand performances of that show. Wow. Was it, it was a um, two and a half year run in that theater oh my word. in Portland. Yeah. It was fantastic. It was fantastic. And wow. it was the scary, I mean, it's totally scary, you know, standing up, being by yourself um, and having the whole show on your head. I, I was not, I was never the person who thought I wanted to do that. Hmm. Um, and the ad lib part was, you know, pretty scary. Anything can happen. Right. You had to like slap knuckles with a ruler or anything? Yeah. I, I actually, I had to have a few people thrown out. Like people were, you know, drunk or yeah, I imagine that you see a lot when you do a thousand shows. Yes, you see a lot of bad behavior, but there was always a stage manager there, and I would be like, Jimbo, you know, seat 47. He's got to go. Yeah, he's got to go, right? <laughs> right. So um, so that, so that it was really interesting to have taken off 10 years from theater and then come back to that job. Yeah. So you were like the Cirque du Soleil of Portland, Oregon. Yeah, thousand shows. Oh yeah. Well, you're the Blue Man Group of Portland, right? And now the thousand shows didn't happen in Portland, but I then, um, with that job, I did a national tour. I did an off Broadway six six months off Broadway. That job was what how I got my equity card. Yeah, that's amazing. It was it was totally amazing. Hmm. It was a great experience. I I treasure it, and um, it it really taught. It really taught me, and I'm sort of circling back to something I said a little bit earlier about actors knowing who they are, you know, in the, in the business. So, so knowing that, um, I'm a character actress. So during my twenties and thirties was not my best time anyway. I sort of, by the time I was 40, I had grown into my looks, my skill, my strengths. Mm. So, you know, knowing who you are and knowing uh, where you fit and what, uh, you know, what things you should be going for or not going for is yeah. is a skill. Yeah. No, it's so cool that, mm-hmm. that the, those producers like really like pushed it. Oh. Like they, they saw something in you yeah. that it kind of seems like you didn't see in yourself. Not at all. And they could, they could see it and they, they really pushed it. Mm-hmm. I think that's important for, for some of like sometimes for us, like, you know, to call things out of other people 
Yes. It, you know, like you can do this. You can, you know, yeah. which I, which I feel like you, you do. I, I feel like that you, you call things out of people or, or at least you invite them into to push. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I think, and, and the, you know, to put a little spin on that, I think, um, you know, I, I, as a performer, if we keep this in a performance idea, right. I was never an ingenue. I wasn't, I wasn't going to be the girl who was going into audition for Lori in Oklahoma, but I would go in and audition for a Duani. Yeah. So knowing that about yourself and knowing what your lane is and knowing that an, a director can sometimes look at an ingenue and say, I want the ingenue to play the comic role, which is something that Janelle does really well. You yeah. know, you have to know what the range is in which in which you can live. And I, th yeah. I think that's um, again, by the time I got to be 40, I, f I felt it. So I knew where to go. I knew what things to audition for and what things mm. not to audition for. Yeah. I'm curious, have you ever seen anyone else play that role since I, you've done that? I have, yeah. The woman who took over from me, I saw her play it. And and the playwright, um, I'll tell you a funny story about hers. I mean, she was, she's still, she's a great friend of mine. She was brilliant in the role. She was that brutal Catholic nun kind of, <laughs> and I, I loved her for it. But she, um, she, uh, we had a, she had a gig at the Schubert theater in Boston. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Right. So she, I know. And she called me up and, um, here's another funny story. Her name is Mary Pat Donovan. She lives in LA now, but she, um, always has called me Connie Beaumont because she could never remember my name. So she made one up. So, so anyway, she, right. Random. She had me, she made me a show jacket that said Connie Beaumont on the back. So I know. So, uh, so right. She, right. So she gets this gig at the Schubert in Boston and she called me up and said, honey, I wonder if you could come with me to the Schubert. Cause I can't really do eight shows a week anymore. And would you, you know, do a couple shows and cover me? I said, sure. So, so I was, I went to the Schubert and I, PS, totally thrilled, totally thrilled. A Boston, little yeah. Boston girl playing the Schubert. Mm -hmm. My family was there. My my high school teachers were there. All my friends were there. It was oh, fantastic. Wow. But um, she was she was brilliant in the role. And I I never felt like I could live up to her. But I went on a couple times that during that run. And before I went walked out on the stage, she said to me, Connie, try not to stink. <laughs> <laughs> like, right. Oh, don't okay. screw it up. I'll, I'll okay. try not to stink. Yeah. Good advice. Good yeah. advice. <laughs> Good advice. Thanks, Mary Pat. I'll do my best. Right? I know. Um, nice. Yeah. And we're back. Um, yeah. Yeah. No. Um, so I would like, I'd like to just touch on a little bit. Um, so you said that you have your equity card. I do. Yes. That's, that's, that's amazing. Can I see it? What does uh, that it's in the mean? Car. Okay. What does that mean? Yeah, what does that mean? That's Some people question. may not understand what an they equity card means. For sure. So what what it is simply it's an a labor union like any other labor union for actors and performers. Uh mostly I guess just actors, but um so they uh, you know I think it was um put together maybe a little over 100 years ago um to protect performers um, 
in terms of how many hours a day you can work, what kind of conditions you can work in. And so if you, you know, are lucky enough to get your equity card, um, there are rules that, that govern the way the theater and the producers can treat you basically. And there's, and it's all based on, um, the size of the house. Yeah. So there are various different kinds of contracts, um, based on the size of the house and the type of theater that you work in. And there are all the rules are different and it sort of guarantees you a certain level of income and protection. Okay. So, and it's just like any other union. It's, 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 you know, Hard to get in the union unless you have union gig, da da da, the big circle. So it it happened for me on late night catechism that they were putting it into a an equity theater, and so they offered me the opportunity to get my card. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, it's it, you know it's been great for me. And now that I'm of a certain age, I have a pension from the actors union. Oh, cool! Which oh, wow. is great. Which turned on last year. So. Um, yeah, it's been a great benefit to me. You know, for many people, it does limit you because you can't take jobs in a non-union theater. Right. So that's mm. sort of the limitation of it. Yeah. But, which which most local theater companies fall under that. That's right. Remember, just, yes, okay. that's right. So, so the reason, for example, the reason why I was able to do Cinderella here was because that was a fundraiser. And so I I took that job knowing, okay, well, it's raising money for the um, music uh, program so that right. felt okay to me and i wasn't being paid or anything like that so yeah hmm. yeah that's cool yeah so it's it's uh, you know it's a powerful strong union for actors and um there there are a few you know good union houses in portland and um the music the summer music theater in brunswick is an equity house and um sometimes deer trees will have some equity contracts i think so yeah, it seems like they do. Mm-hmm. How, how does that differ from like the Screen Actors Guild? It, this the Equity um, Union is specifically for stage actors. So gotcha. Yeah, and Screen Actors, it's for it's movies, film, and yep, TV. And TV. I gotcha. Right, exactly. Now, yeah, interesting. Mm-hmm. Do you have both, or you can have them all? You mm-hmm. can have them all. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So they don't like conflict with each other or anything. Not at all. Cool. No, I, I don't have any other union affiliations. Yeah. But um, just Equity. Yeah, no, you. Mm-hmm. I, I hear like like these stories of like I think like uh, when they filmed like Ben Hur, mm-hmm. like they were like the, like working conditions were just like unbelievable, sure. and like like I almost I almost feel like in the the backs of my mind that I, I almost remember somebody like dying on Ben Hur, yeah, and it's just like they just they, they had to yeah. So there there were at the I like I want to say in the 1920s when vaudeville and and Broadway was starting to happen they they were overworking the people the, yeah. the you know they just wouldn't have a break they would be in it would be too hot it would be they wouldn't have a chance to eat or sit down and right. so that's how it happened a bunch of a bunch of um performers went on strike that yeah. we can't work in these conditions so I think that's totally fair yeah All agree right. yeah. agree Mm-hmm. Now, does that, what about, does that just apply to performing? Equity? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So there, it doesn't limit you from directing? Not at all. Not okay. at all. And there are other unions for, um, like, stagehands have their own union and oh, cool. directors. I think directors can also be in equity or something like that. I'm not really sure about that. Mm. Not. But probably safe to say that you're the only 
card holder in uh, in South Paris? Yes, I, I think so. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe not. <laughs> All right. Well, if you are an equity card holder in, uh, in South Paris, leave a comment. <laughs> yes, leave a comment. Yeah, we'll, we'll send us a message. We'll start right. a little club we'll or something. We'll start a little uh, local meeting. We'll, right? we'll get you on the we'll show. One month, one day a month fights yeah. in the local basement. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you. Well, one thing about equity club. Fight Club. You can't talk about. Can't it. talk about <laughs> Equity Club. Fight Club. Don't talk about Equity <laughs> Club. Fight Club. If you're part of an Equity Club. <laughs> fight Club. Don't leave a comment. Right. Don't, don't leave a comment. Oh, Wouldn't that be funny. so funny if there is one? Somebody comes forward. <laughs> there might be. You trash talking to me? I don't Never know. know. <laughs> you know like, we like discovered a. Uh, a conspiracy theory, like, <laughs> like, these, like underground we've, fight clubs, and we've now become a conspiracy theorists uh, podcast. Yeah, add, another, add another tag to our podcast. <laughs> we'll pick up those listeners one way or another. That's right. That's right. Yes. Anyway, redacted, redacted, redacted. Uh, continue, Aaron. <laughs> right. Uh, no. Yeah. What, what were some like big shows that you were in? Well, um, you mean. Well, honestly, the biggest jobs I ever had were Late Night Catechism. And then because of the <laughs> producers on Late Night Catechism, I got a job working in a show called Menopause the Musical, which yeah. was an enormous hit, still running yeah. around the country. And um, uh, it was written by a woman who lives in Florida. And I was in one of the first companies. I think it had been playing for a year or two when when I got hired in to do it. And I got hired in to work in the Boston company at what was then the Stewart okay. Street Playhouse. And yeah. Yeah. And that, that, um, that's a four person um, comedy review about menopause. So it's four, it, the premise is four women meet in Bloomingdale's at an underwear sale. <laughs> Fighting over a black bra. Is that, is that yes, it? John. Yeah. Excellent research. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Fighting over a bra. And they're, the, the characters um, are sort of um, iconic. They, they don't have names. They're called, one is called the power woman. One is called the earth mother. One is called the soap star. And one is called the Iowa housewife. And they sort of present to the audience their, their trials and tribulations of menopause. Yeah. And it's an enormous success and very funny and very, um, it was fulfilling to, to work on that. For, yeah. Yeah. Because people really related to it. Mm -hmm. So what did you play? I played the Iowa housewife who has a big sort of, um, you know, sexual revelation during the show. And I, I had the big 11 o'clock number. So you have the big solo. There. The big, yeah. It was pretty exciting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was, it was really, really fun. So did that travel? Um, so or? we did we did these two years in um, at the Stewart Street Playhouse. And then we did travel. And not in the traditional sense of a tour the way you would have. Like, I was trying to explain this a little bit to John earlier. But... Um, they then sent us, for example, to the Long Wharf Theater in Connecticut for a summer, like a couple of months we were there. Okay. Uh, then I did go out on tour. I, went, I did the show in the Coronet Theater in L.A. I did it, you know, various places. And they refer to that as the national tour, even though it wasn't like a bus and truck, you know, classic tour. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so do you have any cool touring company uh, stories? 
Like late um, night parties, throwing TVs out hotel well, no, windows. We were all middle-aged women. No, we, we were, nothing like that. No, no. Um, I mean, we had a lot of fun, but it wasn't anything crazy. And it, it was only four women. And we, and we had, you know, like a, a band maybe with us yeah. and a couple of people, but it, there wasn't anything really raucous or awful. There were some, of course, performance things that always happen there that in that show in particular, um, and I told this story in a, in an event over at, um, Oompa, but I'll, I'll tell it again because it was really a, one yeah. of the craziest things ever that happened in my theater life. But um, this was at the Cornet Theater, and I had laryngitis. Uh, and they, the company didn't have an understudy ready to go yet. And so they were ready to open, and I had 100%, I was on 100% vocal rest. So the producers called me up the day we were going to open and said, listen, we, we don't have anybody to go on. Mm. I said, okay, so what are you, canceling the show? And they said, no, here's what's going to happen. You're going to be on the stage, walking around doing the blocking, doing the dancing. We're going to have another actress who knows the music and the lines, but doesn't know the blocking. Sitting on the edge of the stage with a music stand and a book. Oh my gosh. Yes. And I, I was like... You had to like lip sync. It was... I, I didn't even lip sync. I, I just was walking around because you couldn't. She was, in, she was lit. They could oh, see her. Okay. And, and actually, okay. at the, before the curtain, the... The producer came out and said, listen, audience, we've got a really weird situation here. We're going we're gonna to pull you in. And because the audience was part of the story, yeah. they totally were, they were like, you go, girls. <laughs> so literally, she sang, she sang everything. She said all the words. I walked around and did the dancing. That's okay. so I, well, at first, I thought you were going to say they did like a singing in the rain thing to you where like she was behind the curtain. <laughs> That's crazy. Okay. That makes a little more sense, but yeah, still. Man. I know. It was pretty crazy. It was pretty crazy. So she was the uh, literally the Millie Vanilli <laughs> of this show. <laughs> totally the Millie Vanilli. The Millie, yes. the Millie Vanilli. Yes. Nice. And my character ha carried a handbag. So I would like turn up stage and put the handbag in front of my face a little bit or something, <laughs> something like that. To, I mean, it was really insane. But the audience completely, you know, I think when they're in on the secret yeah. they yeah. they get it yeah. live theater anything can happen yeah i, I imagine that there'd be a little bit more uh like a little, little bit more grace oh totally like, what's going on <laughs> they loved it they loved yeah. it mm -hmm. and they get the story like oh, i saw saw this i know thing. once this, in a lifetime one right. time where yeah, there absolutely. was <laughs> there was a, a fifth <laughs> member of <laughs> menopause the musical i know yeah so things like that and i was in that show, I had the horrible problem that some actors sometimes have of laughing on stage. I would crack myself up and start laughing and not be able to get <laughs> myself back, which is so unprofessional, but it happened every once in a while in that show for some reason. Yeah. Just start laughing. Yeah. I Were you able to stay with the original cast for the whole? Um, No. No, so there, there were the original cast in Boston was pretty stable. There was one character in that 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 sort of role we had probably i don't know four different power women but the soap star the iowa housewife and the earth mother we were pretty stable for that two-year run and then in the other shows it would be sort of whoever yeah hmm. yeah and and i did end up being the 
three-person cover in that. I would play Soapstar and Earth Mother also sometimes as a as a cover if I needed to. So yeah. So you got a question because I that just gave me a good question. Like mm-hmm. you you had to play three different parts in mm-hmm. one show. So mm-hmm. did you learn the entire show? I know we've talked. Uh, I think Janelle basically learned everybody's lines <laughs> in in a show. So mm-hmm. is that something you had to do? Or? Yes, I had to learn uh, all the uh, the other two parts and all the vocal parts, which that was the hard mm-hmm. thing to remember which vocal line you were singing in, well, that, in uh, yeah. whatever song. Yeah. Right, exactly. So that that was really tough. But um, again, I did over a thousand performances of that show. So you get in a in a role, you know, you get in a, a what am I trying to say? You get in a it's a groove. In a groove. Thank yeah. you. That's what I what it is. And also, yeah. as as simple as it sounds, and maybe you guys will appreciate this, the costume helped. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right on. You know, whatever. Yeah. What wig are yeah. you wearing? And what shoes do you have on? And what, yeah. So yeah, what do absolutely. you do? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or yes. that handbag. The handbag. Yeah, yeah. Yes, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. So John, John is a totally different character from the purple handbag that he wears. Awesome. To the, to, to the, green, the green one. one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can definitely yeah. sense like a more confident John when he's there's a sophistication with a yeah. purple one for yeah, sure. Absolutely, sure. awesome, yeah. awesome. Yeah. yeah, it's all about the green. Yep. Mm-hmm. Now, I I am also curious on what what is like a uh, getting ready for a show look like. Like, mm-hmm. do you guys have like when we do a show around here? You got like three months of mm-hmm. just like you know like learning everything. Is that is it sped up at all, or is it you guys yes. just have like you know. way sped up so you might have um well for one thing in a, in a professional company company like that you're rehearsing during the day so you might have a rehearsal call from noon to eight yeah so so you you might rehearse for two or three weeks yeah you know very intensely and open the show yeah so it is it is different and it's all again it's all ruled by equity rules so you can't you have to have a lunch break and you can't work more than hours in a row in a day and mm-hmm. all you know things like that so yeah so it it is more sped up in in community theater you know because people are having lives and doing their other jobs during the day you couldn't mm-hmm. do that yeah but you're also during that rehearsal process getting paid right you're under contract so yeah. you can do it right it's part of the job right exactly mm-hmm. that helps yeah and in the case of menopause the musical they they took us all to Florida and put us into what they referred to as a boot camp. So it was a, yeah, they were, they were opening the company in Boston that I was in and they were opening a company in Cleveland and one other. So we were all there in what they referred to as this boot camp, learning the choreo, everything. So there were three, oh, okay. three people playing each part, learning yeah. the part sort of together. Yeah. It was awesome. I mean, I, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So if like somebody does, sees it in Boston and mm-hmm. a different place, they're seeing it's the very, same show. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes total sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. That was cool. cool. That is cool. Yeah. That kind of, I, I dealt with that a little bit. I uh, I did a small thing for a Gonquin Playhouse. Mm-hmm. I was helping a buddy do like a recording for one of their shows that they're like trying to get out. Um, and they had a, uh, a, uh, the band was in a union mm-hmm. and we got behind 
and the producers started like freaking out just because yeah. like these guys over time yeah, these guys are gonna have to like you know yeah. go here they have to have a dinner break or or you have to pay them overtime or something right right yeah and so like there was like this whole like you can <laughs> see you just see like all this like tension starting to rise when we got to like the the end You're like we're cutting oh, it close oh, yeah you know? yeah then, so you, it's very interesting it is interesting and i had never known anything about unions or been in a union before but it's the same thing there's a there's a union representative in the company who mm-hmm. looks out for the you know for right make sure and all of the companies that i ever worked in were there were never any problems yeah no no real grievances or anything like that so yeah well, that's good yeah you didn't have to kill yourself no no they take great care of you yeah they do um yeah i would love to talk a little bit on you uh you coming to do cinderella mm-hmm. um just like where it wasn't quite we're not it's obviously not an equity house mm-hmm. here in, in mm-hmm. the hills um but you you came and was that like right around the same time you moved here um, no, I had been here a couple of years by that time. And that, that role has been on my wish list for a long oh, time. Oh yeah. Um, anyway, and, um, I was, I was owning the bookstore at the time. And I remember one day in the bookstore, um, and, and Andy Turner came in Yeah, and I didn't really know him and he introduced himself and I could tell he was looking at me in a weird way. I'm like, Hmm. Okay. <laughs> Nice to meet you. <laughs> and then, he, um, he does that. That Andy. <laughs> <laughs> and um, then I, I knew Kyle Jordan from a little gig I had done up, uh, a little singing job I had done up in Paris Hill. And yeah. I knew him somehow. So, so I was, somebody said, well, we hope you would come to that audition. And I said, sure. I, I was, I was trying to open the bookstore at the time. I was very focused on that. And I thought this will be a great diversion yeah. for me. And, you know, I got to know Janelle in that. I, I loved Janelle in that job so much. Yeah. Um, and I, I, lo- I it was just a great experience. I, it was a fun, fun show for me to do. And I'm, I'm glad I checked it off my list. Yeah. It was a great experience. No, and you're perfect for the role. Oh, like, thank you. But well, exude magic and you know godmother is so yes i've always imagined a fairy godmother and and adrian just fits that bill right there for my fairy godmother i'll be your fairy godmother any old time all right (laughs) it it was it was wonderful and what i was so impressed about too is that i mean it's our community performance i mean it's right there's Mm -hmm. nothing that i mean we have very simple flats and Mm -hmm. i mean it was Mm -hmm. There wasn't much to the set and a lot of little <laughs> kids and and uh it was just so impressive to uh to have you just kill it and be uh-huh. ha- and you could tell you were having fun and you had and a just, blast. Yeah. And uh and if I remember correctly too, the side note is that the ticket situation got a little crazy <laughs> for that show for you, right? I mean yes. like there was a it, it got really crazy. It got really crazy. Yeah. So so for the listeners, the, the bookstore that I owned at the time is also the ticket office for that show. And right, yeah. it, um, and so th- that show is in a big theater where you can choose your seat number. It's, it's assigned seating, I guess that's what they would call it. And so I would sell the tickets in the bookstore and 
it was such a madhouse. I had to call people one Saturday and say, you, you have to come over here. It was maniacal because I was trying to run the bookstore. Mm. And then there were people saying, well, can Jimmy sit on the row or should I sit on the row or that's too far from the ladies room and which seats should we go? And they would take, you know, they would say, well, I want four seats in this row and four seats in that row. And I can't, Aunt oh Sally can't Lord. come on. Mm -hmm. I remember that Rachel and I got the bat signal. I can't remember which day it was because she was a teacher and yeah, and uh, like oh, we can't we can't help out at all. We were I don't remember what yeah. stopped us, but but yeah, it was to... I was gonna cry, and I'm pretty yeah. unflusterable on about stuff like that. But it was <laughs> oh, no. crazy in yeah. a good. way. I mean, it's all good. It sold sold really well. The yeah. show was fun. Yeah. yeah, and that's a whole other part of it too. Thank you so much for being willing to do tickets, not just for those shows, but sure. I mean. Um, Adrian has been so kind, you know, in owning the bookstore to be the ticket agent for all of the Oompa shows as mm -hmm. well. So good. Yeah, it's, it's my been, pleasure. Uh, it's well, awesome. and I think the new owner is doing it as well. Right? Yeah, he is. yeah, good. Definitely. Good. Good. But uh, yeah, you just handled it so well. And I just, I'm really appreciative of myself. So thank good. you. You're welcome. Yeah. Oh, it was I, fun. Yeah. Hey, we're back from another break. From because another break. It's a it's a hot night. We got to take breaks and get cool. It was off. a hot summer night. Anyway. Yeah. Well, Meatloaf over here is going <laughs> to take over and, and ask uh, Adrian a mm -hmm. couple Two more questions. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. You know, once <laughs> we're going to get, we're going to get taken Plus. off. Of <laughs> oh, sorry. Anyway. Adrian. Three times a lady. <laughs> You're such a bad at hell. <laughs> <laughs> we talked about ticketing. Yes. And, you know, that was still very appreciative of that. And um, these last couple of years with COVID and mm -hmm. all that, a lot of before COVID, we kind of, we learned, especially as Oompa and the online ticketing was becoming more and more of a thing. But mm -hmm. it was, I don't know if you know about this, but with COVID, there were a lot of play companies that sold a ton of tickets online and then <gasps> no show reimbursement. And mm. it was a disaster for a lot of those companies. Mm. Um, do you have any thoughts on how to, for, especially for local theater, a more efficient way of ticketing or what's, what are your thoughts on, do people still want to, cause our thoughts are people are coming in with cash. They want mm -hmm. They like to use mm -hmm. what are your thoughts on that. Well, you know, two little thoughts. I don't know if this will help the local situation, but the um, just the experience I had in the bookstore with the various ticket um, opportunity, you know, people asking me to sell tickets in the bookstore, the ones that worked the best were the ones that had like a protocol, you know, some sort of like yeah. they would give you the tickets and give you a little sheet that said, here's who we are. Here's the emergency phone call numbers for when you're overwhelmed. Here's, um, you know, the rules of our tickets. So what would happen typically would be somebody would say, um, you know, they, I'd have the tickets ready. I'm selling them. And the person would come in and say, can I bring my baby to this show? And maybe I don't know much about the show or the, whatever's going on. And so knowing things like that would help. Yeah. I think whoever's selling the tickets, having a protocol from the organization. Yeah. At the handoff. So, um, and then the only other thing would be a traditional box office that is manned, you know, maybe during a period of time, you know, where there's yeah. a person or that they can call and talk to between three and six, four days a week. 
Yeah. Because I don't, I don't think Oompa has that, do they? No. no. And I, yeah. I know that's a commitment, but. I don't think there's a lot of like theater companies around BLT here. BLT does that. And it's very successful for them. Mm. Yeah, they do. It doesn't have to be a lot of hours a week. No, it just, they just has to be do from like five to seven p.m. Yeah. As long as you advertise like that Thursday period of time, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, huh. yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, okay. that would be the only. Thing. Thank you. Sure. Uh, another question. I mean, we've talked a little bit about how you've done marketing in the past, and now you're mm-hmm. kind of a whiz in that sector. <laughs> uh, what are your thoughts on? I mean, at the end of the day, we live in an age where it's technology forward. People mm-hmm. get anything they want on their phone. Mm-hmm. How do we keep community theater important still how do we keep it at the forefront is there what maybe social media is a big factor i mean what what are your thoughts on that sure um well my expertise is not necessarily in the advertising promotion side of it but i do think that an organization like oompa could benefit from having a kid's summer camp or kids so the the families in this place want opportunities for their kids and if they had if they could come and learn um you know theater arts from somebody like you guys for a week in the summer in the evenings they would it would support the the organization it would bring people into the organization that maybe didn't know about it before so i think that's one that that i always thought oompa would be yeah you know an opportunity I, I, and again, I don't know how you do it. It's on a budget, but sure. you know, I think people. One of the most um, effective community theaters that I knew and worked with had a big, big component of teaching children how to be in theater. Mm. Yeah. So, do you still find yourself going? Do you, Do you attend any type of local theater in yes. the area? Okay. I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it, and I I know what it's like. You know, it's hard work, and I think it's. I always see something delightful, even in the shows that are less successful. There's always something uh, wonderful and magical, and I'm I applaud every every show, no matter what it is. I think it's just a magical thing. Yeah, we're so lucky. No, we are. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. I think the last question I had is: I don't think we've talked about it at all. Have you done other areas of theater life besides? performing have you done any type of directing or producing or um i've done a little bit of directing it's um it was really scary to me to to change from being a performer to doing a director and the the place i did it was in a um you know a one act kind of thing and it was a interesting fun experience um and i've thought about it you know as it applies to oompa and um but, you know i haven't really pursued directing a big show. I, I did mention to Aaron when we were talking that something that really interests me is to coach um, coach actors on like a vocal solo performance. Mm. I would love to, to have a director say, you know, and I would do it for free, but, you know, I think that sometimes in, in the production of a musical, you know, a community theater production, a lot of times the soloists don't get enough time with the director or with the musical director to really yeah. hone the acting part of the sing of the solo. Yeah. Hmm. So, so that's something I'd, I'd love to work with some, anybody if they need some help like that. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. I think it would cool. be fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think yeah. you would, you would add a lot. 
Oh, thanks. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think you you have a lot to give. And I think think that'd be awesome. I think it'd be interesting and fun. And I I would hope that it would, you know, it's all about confidence and knowing what you're doing and making choices. And if if I could help somebody make clearer choices that make their performance a little more sparkling, that would be great. Yeah. I says, oh, go, go ahead. No, I was just going to continue to compliment her. Well, I just think that's <laughs> I just think that's so encouraging too. That you know that's wonderful that you offer your your you mm-hmm. know time and effort up that. But there are so many people that are in our community that have been a part of shows before and maybe won't necessarily come out to perform, but have so much to give. Mm-hmm. I think that's really encouraging for you to say, I'm going to do, you know, I'm willing to do that. And sure. um, I, for instance, uh, uh, do you know Judy Foster? I Are you don't. with her at all? Mm-mm. She did costuming for Spain a lot. Oh, oh, that was cool. And uh, yeah, she did a great job. She yeah. had another friend with her too. And, uh, mm-hmm. But I had discussed with her doing like a, a costume class, teaching other people how to do, co- and she workshop. loved the idea, like a workshop. Great idea. And she's so thrilled on not only to be able to get other people to do the job, but sure. to foster the next generation of it. So it's a great idea. I really appreciate you even considering that. That's really, sure. that's really cool. Sure. So, yes. We're going to, we're going to come at you. You come. <laughs> all right. I'll say yes or no. Maybe yes. <laughs> no, you already said you say okay, yes. Yeah. Sorry. I'll say yeah. yeah all right. Yeah. I'm saying yes. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> You better hear, folks. <laughs> Leave a comment. <laughs> Redacted. <laughs> nice. Nailed it. Nailed it. Thank you. Cool. All right. We, yeah. Is this taking us into strike? Well, I don't know. Is there anything that you wanted to yeah. talk about? Yeah, absolutely. Anything near and dear to oh, your heart? Um, no. I, I mean, this was a fun conversation. Thank you for pushing me and asking me the questions. It's not very... I mean, I don't think I've ever had a conversation like this about my theatrical life. And it's, um, you know, it's been a blast. I've been, I've really enjoyed it. It's not like it's over and I'm dying next week. That's not happening. But I've had a really rich um, two It's okay. Two I can careers. write your bio. I know all about you. <laughs> <laughs> clearly, clearly. But I, I feel so lucky that I've had two really good careers, mm. you know, and, yeah. uh, you know, maybe some more to come. Who knows? Oh yes, <laughs> you, you. We are not done with you yet. All right, all right. <laughs> yeah. So, Adrian, mm-hmm. sorry, I just. Have, oh, sorry. Good with with the with your equity. Can you? Are you done with that, or are you still? Um, no, I'm still a member of the. You know, you pay dues every year, and so uh, you know, I haven't been to any auditioning lately. But if something came up, I would go. Yeah. 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 Cool. Are you? Are you thinking like of getting out of that, or if you get out of that, do you lose your pension? No, you don't lose your pension, but um, I'm not ready to give it up yet. Yeah, no, yeah. I I was mm-hmm. just just wondering Good. if you wanted to go back to the smaller stages in in the area. But not right now. Yeah, Maybe I don't. Someday. I don't blame you. <laughs> Who cares about us? Oh, I, I do. <laughs> oh man, she I supports. Do. I do. She supports us. Which yes. show? Which show would I have to get them to do for you to come, no, come back? Oh, <laughs> you'd have to get an equity contract. But yeah, <laughs> there are a couple. Can Can you direct without an equity contract? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So July fifteenth uh, is the cutoff for the submissions. Yeah. I know. Poor, poor. Um, Jeff has asked me a zillion times to submit, and I did one time, and um, then I withdrew it, and I don't know. My, you know, my inclination is to the old-fashioned 
Oklahoma music yes. man stuff. And, uh, you know, I, we I haven't would, done it in a long time. You have a music director it. if you'd want to. <laughs> you want it. Yes. <laughs> right. So, so Adrian, yeah. I, I don't know if you knew it, but we have a very inquisitive mind among us. Um, he's known for his questions. He's known to be questionable. <laughs> and uh, sometimes he's questioning, he's questioning. people. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and that's Scott. So, Scott, you have some questions for Adrian? I, I do have some questions. Okay. And we call this part of the episode Strike because we're going to clear the stage for our next episode. So, I've got five questions for you. Okay. Right? And our first question is, being a community theater podcast, uh, and we talk a lot about community, what does community mean to you? Mm. You know, the funny thing is I've listened to your other your prior um, uh, episodes, but never thought, what, how, how would I answer that question? <laughs> but I guess community, um, for me, I, well, the base of the word is commune, which means, you know, get together and talk to each other and um, exchange ideas. And I think that's, that's what it means to me. The exchange of ideas. Yeah. The exchange of ideas. Mm -hmm. Nice. I like that. I like that. Mm. So you told us a little bit about um, some trouble you had with a, with a stage thing with the, the Mm -hmm. lady lip syncing and dancing and going along. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, can you give me another epic stage fail with the, you know, the, did the wall come tumbling down or, oh. or that I know you've got something more than. Yeah. Than I that. mean, I, I don't know that I've had a real epic like that one. That was maybe the worst one, but I, I have had the, um, the, somebody punched me in the face one time on stage. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Literally. Yes. Yes. By by accident. Not, you know, they didn't. But was it another equity card holder? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. Right. And I did have to sort of get off the stage for a couple of minutes and regroup. And I, you know, that that was pretty scary. Um, It didn't stop the show or anything like that. But I've I've had the cases where um, this happened a couple of times. The, The mics all died. And so we would be you know, on stage and you'd get to the somewhere near the travelers and somebody would hand you a hand mic and you had to do the rest of the show with a mic in your hand. Um, Just basic stuff like that. I don't think I have another epic fail. So this, this person that punched you in the face, was it, was this supposed to be a stage punch and. No, it was a choreography. Right. So they weren't supposed to be looking like they punched you in the face. That's right. So they were just Uh swinging. Yes. They Uh were wildly swinging their arms around and I had to step off. Mm -hmm. Ouch. Yeah. Yeah. It was kind of bad. I didn't end up with a black eye or bloody nose or anything like that, but I had to regroup. saw some stars. Saw some stars. Yeah. I I had to do a, a show like that where my wife in the show had to slap me in the face for something. And we did three shows. In the first two, uh, we tried to do a stage slap, and it just didn't feel right. So I told her on the last show, I said, just go for it. Mm. Just go for it. <laughs> and she went for that? it. <laughs> she went for it. And my brain was ringing for a while. <laughs> Is this another episode of Little House on the Prairie? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Ma done slap pa. <laughs> Pretty hot. <laughs> <laughs> There's a slight concussion there. That's Char- a good one. Charles had a boo boo. <laughs> <laughs> 
Right. So um, you've seen a bunch of different stagings of shows. Mm -hmm. Uh, So what do you think for our community? What's different staging? You've seen the Grange. You've seen the high school. Mm -hmm. You've probably seen some other things in the area. What do you think we could do around here a little differently that might Mm. be able to bring a a show to? Gosh, I I hadn't ever thought of that. But what about outside? Yeah. You know what? They're putting a new performance venue right on the lake. Right. I mean, right. right? Maybe there would be some opportunity to do something like that. Or, I, I mean, I think that Oompa in particular is good about sending people to the arts festival and sending yeah. you know singers out to do stuff when they have the opportunity. Yeah. Um, gosh, I I haven't seen a lot of other venues. Right here in town. So yeah. I would say outside yeah. would be my best. Outdoors. Yeah, yeah. outdoors. I love it. Mm-hmm. A little Shakespeare in the park sort of action. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. that would sure. be really fun. I think just yeah. like doing some like outdoor shows. Sure. I, w- I have a, like this this vision of like like just something outside and there's like a, like a beer garden and like, yeah. you know, it's like, you know, it's like a, it's an event where people could just like mm-hmm. hang out. And then, like, all of a sudden, like, there's a there's a show going on, and then right. like, you're paying attention to that for a little bit, and then mm-hmm. there's like an like an intermission, and be great. It would be great down there. I mean, especially those dreamier shows like Into the Woods or a Little Night Music. If you did that, you know, yeah. those are dreamy. Mm-hmm. Not easy to do, but I think it would be great. Right. Maybe we could do something like during like Halloween. Like like a that would like be a, fun. A that would be scary really fun. Show. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like outside, like yeah, maybe in the woods. Maybe we like yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yes. That's aye, what aye, Ka- aye. that's what Kathy keeps talking about. We need to do something for Halloween. <laughs> so we're on question four. Okay. Question number four. I'm ready. Adrian, what do you want to see from a community theater themed podcast? <gasps> oh. Awesome. Well, I would love to hear from some of the backstage people, maybe. I know we had a director, yes. right? Yeah. Um, but again, maybe that costume lady. She hasn't been on, has she? No. No. Would that be costumer great. Costumer would be great, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Or even, you know, could you get some stage stage hands? Yeah. Yeah. Or or producers. You know, I think I don't know. I think that we, you know. We're all actors, so we think yeah. that, you know, the the people in the front, we think that first, but there may be a lot of people who would like to figure out how to move set pieces and be a prop mister, you know, prop master and yeah, build absolutely. things. So yeah. I think that I think that would be great. And w- the other thing would be fun if you performed a little bit, if you did a little music or something in your podcast. <laughs> well, there's a piano right behind John right now. <laughs> yeah. Bust it out, John. <laughs> you, you practice. You practice. Jaws is about to strike. <laughs> it is Jaws week. I mean, Stark week. Shark week. Shark, right. <laughs> Shark week. Twenty twenty two. I'm super stoked. Coming up. <laughs> did, speaking of which, did you hear that there was a great white off of uh, Rockland? <gasps> yeah, no. they kill. It killed a, a seal. Well, that's their lunch. That's right? what I mean, they do. That's what, that's they, what do. they do. It's, it's, de- it's definitely what they do. Yeah. But wow. Mm-hmm. Right in Maine. It's a circle white. of life, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's the he's the one that's tagged. There are several others that mm. aren't. But are you showing off your Google skills again? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, <laughs> you, 
Right. You got to know more than me. Oh. Listen, he's a juvenile shark. <laughs> <laughs> 13 Mis- feet long. Misdemeanor in a couple states. <laughs> it's not what you meant by juvenile. Right. You, you just meant young. I, I, I picked up. Never mind. Anyway. Question five. Well, question five. <laughs> question five is up for any of you. And like Janelle, you got a question five? I think John does. John's got a question five. I've asked, all, I've asked all the questions that I have. You have asked quite a few questions, and, <laughs> and I need a fifth question. Okay, I have one. I knew she had So, it. you have done many shows in your illustrious career, but are there any that were on your bucket list that you never have gotten to do? Yes. So, I've always wanted to play the Reverend Mother in The Sound of Music. Mm. Um, I'd love to play Aunt Eller in. Oh my gosh, that'd be so right, good. Oklahoma. Um, those are really the two that are left. Um, the other one that's sort of on the back of my list is Hannigan. Oh, you would be a good oh, Hannigan. Yeah. Right. Oh, that would be yeah. fun to see. Yeah, that'd be mm. fun. Yeah. So, yeah. Little girls, little girls. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, we all have that list. Everybody, Everybody has a list. Has yeah. Yeah. list. Yes. I'm curious. We talk about that a lot. Mm-hmm. Can you nail that solo from uh, Silent Music? Nail it. Really? Yes. I oh have a legit. Gosh. I have a legit B, and it only goes to an A. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody pitch the Sound of Music because that <laughs> one's also on my dream list too. Should be, oh, Miss Man. Should be. Mm-hmm. See my yeah, mother. But now I'm too old to play Rolf. Oh. <laughs> You could be the captain of this. Yes. Place. Or who's the dude? <laughs> I don't want to say it advice. I want to say the funny dude. Oh, Max. Yeah. Yeah. But if I had to, I'm going to say Edelweiss. Yeah. I don't so. blame you. I don't blame you. My mother made me watch that every year. One of my favorites. You could be yeah. the goats. I can be the goats. You yodel? <laughs> bah. Perfect. I, actually, my stepmother yodels. I don't know if that qualifies, but yeah. It's kind of scary. Mm-hmm. It is. Mm hmm. <laughs> we can definitely cut that part out. <laughs> so anyway, that is strike. Yeah, that thank is you, Scott, for thank your question. Thank you, Scott. Yeah. Thank no, you, Scott. We're so glad that you joined us. Oh, for this really good, this hot epic evening. episode. Epic yeah. hot es- episode. Do you, is there anything that you want to mention, promote, or no? Just thank you very much for having me. I hope you guys are enormously successful. I'm proud of you. I think what you're doing is great and will resonate with a lot of people. Where yeah. can we find you these days, Adrian? Well, um, I am, I don't know. I'm around town. I'll you're, give you my number if you need to reach me for something. <laughs> I, w- I was thinking about you, know, you you've, you're still, you're retired semi, but semi. you're still working. Shop. I'm you're, busy. You're, I'm, yeah, I took a part-time job, but I'm also doing, um, well, doing, I'm doing a little craft show with Janelle on Saturday. We're right. selling our stuff. I ha- I'm st- selling things out of my barn, a little antique shop. And I'm just, I'm always around. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And your business on Main Street with your uh, cohort? With my cohort, Brendan Coulter. Yeah, that's doing great. It's, uh, you know, it's taken us a year and a half to get it built up to where it is right now. And it's doing really well. We get a lot of compliments. Great. And the name of that is? That's called Brick and Mortar. And and what do you sell? We sell home kitchen. Brick and mortar. Come on. (laughs) Jeez. We sell stuff stuff for your brick and mortar. We sell home (laughs) goods, kitchen gadgets, garden tools, a little bit of antiques, 
a lot of, a lot of different stuff. So if you have a house, which most people live in a house, we might have something that you need. Perfect. You heard it here. If you have a house, that's where <laughs> you go. I, Everybody right. with a house, check out brick and mortar. I live yes. in, a, in a house. I know. You should check out brick and mortar on Main check Street Norway. Main Street Norway. I've been brick and mortar. That's right. Cool. Easy peasy. Great. Well, we uh we appreciate you again just hanging out with uh, sure. us. Yeah, this oh, was I'm, a great episode. Yeah. I was great. so looking forward to this. Thanks. Um I ha I have said in the past that Janelle's part in Cinderella was my favorite. Mine too. But you were so close, close. second. You were so close on the second favorite. Oh no, Janelle's was uh, my favorite too. Yes. It was fun. <laughs> Sorry, John. Oh, John. John. <laughs> John, were you in that? Were, were you, you in, in that show? Not only was I in that show, I had like two lines, and I got to come out as a lead. Don't know why, but I did. <laughs> you have a song. You All have right. the chef. The chef. The song. chef song. That's the right. Song. That I can't All remember. Right. For I guess so. <laughs> yeah, that was. Yeah, that's a whole story in itself. No, so anyway, Janelle if, wins the prize just so. based on her costume. Yes. Well, no, we did bows, and Got then Andy. Us. The opening night, Andy goes, "Hey, by the way, you get to, you, you're gonna go out with the leads. You're gonna lead the leads out." <laughs> what? Because <laughs> why not? Anyway, right. anyway, this has been the Backstairs Podcast. Uh, if you have any comments or suggestions for us, leave a comment. If you have any questions for Adrian, where can they? Any? Oh, they can leave you a comment. They can leave a right. comment. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll relay that. Yeah. We'll yeah. forward it. Perfect. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we appreciate you all. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks for coming, guys. Yeah. Thank you. And thank thanks. you. Thank this you, has thank been you. the Backstairs Podcast. The Backstairs Podcast. The Backstairs Podcast. The Backstairs Podcast. <laughs> <laughs>